Well, good morning again, everyone. Uh, thank you for coming to worship at Hope Church. If I haven't met you, I'm Greg Brady. I'm the pastor here. And I invite you to grab your Bible. If you brought your Bible, thanks for bringing it. Open up to Genesis chapter 12. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can find one in the seats, either right in front of you or off to the side in front of you, uh, and turn to page 11 if you are using one of our Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible, by the way, I would love for you to have one, and we'll give you one if you'll come see me after the worship service. Uh, let's start reading in verse, in verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot, his nephew, went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And just leave that open in front of you. Uh, I think these eight verses in Genesis chapter 12 are some of the most important verses in the entire Bible. I really love preaching on Genesis chapter 12. Um, Here's how it fits with what comes before it. We noticed in uh, Genesis chapters 3 through 11, this downward spiral of humanity. Looked at that over the past few weeks um, and how human sin um, and envy from two weeks ago and pride from last week, how um, the downward spiral of humanity led to a curse um, being uh, placed on the earth. Five times this curse is mentioned leading up to Genesis chapter 12. Now, Genesis chapter 12 tells about this big turnaround of blessing that is going to happen to the whole world. And here's the deal about God's blessing. God's blessing is never really meant to have an end point in mind. In other words, God blesses you, but you're not the end point of that blessing. God wants you to continue God's blessings onward. He blesses people so that people can bless others. It's not this terminal point for the blessing of God. He wants it to extend, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So I want to go through three points. God's call. What is God's call? What are we called to do? That's the second one. Second point, and then where do we do it? So let's talk about the call of God. Uh, God tells Abram in verse 1, he says, Go, go from your country. 
Go from where you're comfortable. Go from your people, from those whom you know that you're comfortable with, uh, your father's household, and go to this land that I am going to show you. Now, this is often referred to as the call of Abram or God's call to Abram. And if you're new to church, uh, you might not know what that is. What is it? What is God's call? Um, so here's, here's what I want to say about, about God's call. God's call is his initiation of your life with him to which you respond with faith and obedience. It is God's initiation of your life with him. In other words, if you are a Christian, it is because God called you first. God called to your heart. He called to your spirit. He did something to make your heart alive. He he flipped a switch. He, He spoke to you first. He initiated your life with him first. People can mistakenly think that God's call only goes out to special people after they've become a Christian, that God... Only after you've followed him, God calls exceptionally great Christians. Some people think that. People that must have great gifts, and and God calls them to do extraordinary things. But that's not God's call. God's call is when he speaks to you, initiates your life with him. And the second part, can we go back one slide just to catch the end of that that, uh, description of God's call? To which you respond with faith in obedience. Because when God calls to your heart, when God makes your heart alive, what, what other response is there than, than to say, God, I, I will put my faith in you. I, I will obey you. So we respond with obedience. Just like Abram responded with obedience to God's call. He made his heart alive. And he followed. He trusted. He obeyed. And through Abram's obedience... God will bring about his divine purposes in Abram's life, and he'll bring about his divine purposes in your life as you respond with faith and obedience to God's calling to your heart. Now, the problem is it can be a little hard to relate to Abram, especially when we hear this story, read this story. Sometimes we don't identify with Abram or Abraham as we uh, better know him, because he's one of the most influential figures in all of human history, when you think about it. Um, you, you read one of God's promises to Abram, I will make your name great. And that is true, as three major world religions, Christianity, uh, Judaism, Islam, all trace their roots, at least in part, back to Abram. God, indeed, did make his name great and famous and so sometimes it's just kind of hard to identify with that. I mean, we're, we're just here doing our, our thing. And yet God's call to Abram is God's call to you as, as well. Sometimes we think, well, Abram must have been a pretty fantastic fellow in order to receive this call. And so again, we might not identify with him. He, may, he must have been a great follower of God for God to, to reach out to him and speak to him and, and call him to, to be a, a blessing to all peoples on earth. Uh, but actually, when we look through the Bible, that's not what we see. 
There's a real interesting uh, little storyline in, in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 24, when Joshua, this is, this is centuries later, after Abram, Joshua is speaking to the Israelite people, and he's just kind of telling the story of God's salvation to the Israelites, how God saved the Israelites. And he starts kind of retelling the, this history, God's history with his people. Um, and here's how he starts it in, in Joshua 24, verse 2. This is what Joshua says to the people. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River. And what were they doing when they were living, when Abraham was living on the other side of the Euphrates River? They were worshiping other gods. That is what Abraham was doing when God called out to him. He was worshiping other gods, because that's what his family and everyone else living on that side of the Euphrates was doing. God did not call him because he was just this amazing follower, had this amazing faith in God. God called him while he was worshiping other gods. So if it was your job to recruit someone, to send out, to show the world the one true God... If it was your job to recruit that person, you probably would say, well, it kind of makes sense to choose someone who actually, at the time, is following the one true God. That's not what God does. God's in charge of the recruiting, and that's not his method. You might start with someone young and energetic. Well, look here, Abram's getting kind of old. He's 75, not quite old, but he's kind of getting there. And all he's learned about religion from his own father is the worship of false gods. So we might imagine Abram asking God, who me? When God calls him, who me? And we get to this great, fantastic truth when we look at Abram, and it's this. It's it's about who God uses. God uses unlikely people to make eternal impacts. He uses really unlikely people to make eternal impacts. Years later, God picks this boy, a boy, Jeremiah, to be a mighty prophet of God, a boy. Jeremiah can ask, who, me? Centuries after Abram, Abraham, God chooses from this little family, the youngest, the smallest of all the brothers in the family, David, to be the greatest king of Israel. Who, me? Just a boy. I'm small. God picks this Jewish girl one day, Esther, to save the entire Jewish race from genocide. This young Hebrew girl. Who, me? Jesus, when he started recruiting his team of disciples, people he would use to change the world, Who does he call? He calls a bunch of no-name fishermen from these small little villages. And you can imagine them when Jesus is calling out to them, who, who, me? Me from this little small podunk village? And and people can come up with all kinds of reasons and excuses for saying no to God's call. I'm I'm too young. I'm I'm too old. (laughs) I'm, I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not spiritual enough. 
I'm not influential enough. I'm not good-looking enough. I'm not wealthy enough. I, I, I just don't have what it takes to answer your call, God. So one of the barriers to this life with God is, who, me? We can't imagine that God would use us to do anything significant. And I think we cannot overemphasize this point enough. If you feel unlikely that God would call you and use you to make an extraordinary impact on the world around you, let me tell you, you are exactly the kind of person that God likes to call. He calls unlikely people to do extraordinary things, make an extraordinary impact. So he calls, speaks to your heart. And of course, the natural, the natural thing to do when the creator of the universe calls to your heart is, I'm going to put my faith. What other response do we have? When God calls to your heart, I will put my faith, my trust in you. What does God then do with your life? It is a call to be a blessing. God says, verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now note, five times we see this word, bless. In that, in that call to Abram. Five times God is evoking a blessing. God is showing, he is reversing the five-mentioned curse that happens in Genesis 3 through 11. God, this is the turnaround. See, God's call is not just to believe in him. It is a call to action. It is a call to be a blessing to all peoples on the earth, to see your life Differently than before, God has blessed you so that you could be a blessing to others. Let me tell you this morning, you are really blessed. And in our culture, um, because our culture is, uh, it is beyond affluent in comparison with other locations and cultures around the world. Because of that, I think it's rather easy sometimes to not feel blessed. And we see so much abundance, and sometimes we look at our little spot and look around and think, I don't, I don't know if that's all that much compared to what I see around me. Um, and it may be easy to think, well, God, you know, you might not care all that much about my happiness or comfort because I, when I look around at my neighbors and other people around, I seem to be doing without Sometimes it's tough in our country, despite how we talk about the blessings of where we live. Sometimes it's hard to feel, boy, is God really blessing me because of what we see in, going on with others. Um, and I, I want to point out that Jesus, when he talks to others about, about God and about God's blessings, Jesus acts like we are living in a world of blessings. Now, let me point out one time. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus is he, he's surrounded by a giant crowd. He's out on, the, out on some countryside. Big crowds are following Jesus. And Jesus starts to teach the crowds about being blessed by God. And this is what he says. 
he starts listing out who gets blessed. He says, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, you hungry folks out there in the crowd. Some of you haven't eaten. You're hungry. You're blessed. (laughs) You're blessed. God has blessed you, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now. This crowd in front of him, who many have faced difficulties and heartaches, Blessed are you who weep now, for you will will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you. This crowd in front of them, many feeling despised by others, just low. Because these are not the city elite that is in front of Jesus. These are poor country folk in front of Jesus, and some just feeling despised. Blessed are you when people hate you, for when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil, because of the Son of Man, Jesus pointing back to himself. And what's Jesus' point? He just says, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. That's his point. You are blessed. (laughs) If you'll just look with spiritual eyes, you'll see that you're blessed. Why are you blessed? Because God loves you. Because God loves you so much that he came down to this world to be with you. So here's what I know. I know that God wants us to lift up our sight just a little bit higher so that we can see beyond what is going on right around you, right around your family unit, what's going on in the walls of your house, what's going on at work. He wants us to lift up our eyes, just our sight a little bit higher Because when we keep our eyes down low about what's just going on right around us, sometimes we can say, well, you know, are, am I being blessed? Are things, uh, let, me, let me look around. Things don't look like they're going all that great. You know, I'm having trouble at work, um, having trouble at school, <laughs> having trouble paying some bills, or my car needs replacing. So, How do you see God's blessings? To see God's blessings, why don't you look up? Look up to see God's blessings. You know, you ask kids, hey, was it a good Christmas morning? Well, let me look around, Dad, and see the pile of presents. Look up instead to see the the blessings of God. See with spiritual eyes. See God's presence, for one, because you have the Lord. When you think about, am I blessed? You have the Lord. God came down for you to be with you. You have the Lord. You have the Lord. You belong to Him. Oh my gosh. See God's presence and see what God is going to do. See, let's look back at Abram. Scripture says Abram, as he walked through this land of Canaan that God gave him, that he actually grew pretty wealthy. He had a lot of livestock and a lot of wealth in this new land. But I want you to notice what the writer of Hebrews says about Abram and his response to being in this new land that God gave him. So uh, Hebrews chapter 11 says this, By faith, Abraham made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. Why was he living in tents? Why not build a big brick house 
for he was looking forward to the future, to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God, a different city in a different time. Keep going in Hebrews. All these people that the writer of Hebrews lists out along with Abraham, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised like Abraham. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. God gives Abram this land, and Abram's like, I'm I'm just a foreigner here. I'm just passing through. Instead, they were looking for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. What is that? That is lifting your eyes from right around you, lifting your eyes up to see how God has blessed us. Because we know that stuff, possessions, homes, cars, all that stuff, we know, we know it's just temporary. If you have it, give thanks and be generous with it. And whether it seems like the temporal blessings are in abundance or a little lacking, you know, know that that is just a fraction, a fraction of how God blesses us. Because we know we are just passing through this world. Just like Abram, I'm just passing through. I'm going to live in a tent because I'm just passing through. I'm a stranger in this place. It's not my permanent home. Just passing through. This world is just not suited to meet our greatest needs because our greatest needs are love that lasts. And things in this world as it is now, they decay and they die. We know this is not our permanent place. We're just passing through. So don't hang on to it so tightly. It's a temporary blessing before God gives this permanent blessing of His eternal city that He is building and establishing here. He will establish here in a renewed world. You keep your eyes focused on that to see how God is blessing us. Alistair Begg, um, some of you listen to him, read him. Uh, He puts it like this. He says, hold tightly to what we can see. Oh, hold lightly, I'm sorry. Hold lightly to what we can see. The stuff, hold lightly to that. Hold tightly to what we cannot see. We can't see yet this eternal city that God is going to build here when he renews this world once and for all. Hold tightly to that. Hold lightly to the stuff that's just temporary. And see, it's only when we keep our sight lifted higher to what God will do that we really can be a blessing to others. It's only when we lift our eyes and and keep our eyes focused on what we cannot see that we'll see what is temporary is stuff just to be generous with. Stuff that we can let go of. Be generous with our, our wealth, our possessions. It's only when we think of this future salvation of ours and the future of eternal life, it's only when we focus on that that we will see how precious it is and we'll be moved to share the good news of Jesus Christ and eternal life with Jesus Christ to the world around us, our neighbors and our coworkers and our friends and our schoolmates. So keep your eyes lifted high when you're looking for the blessings of the Lord. And the last thing that I want to notice 
uh, about God's call is where, where to carry out this call, where to be a blessing. And I just want to leave you with this kind of simple point. Be a blessing where God has planted you. The Lord took Abram down to the land of Canaan, which he would later give to the Israelites as the promised land. The ability of Abram to receive God's promise of being a blessing to all people began with Abram's willingness to go where God was planting him, to recognize God's planted me here. I'm going to be a blessing here, right here where I am. And submit himself to this plan of God. So God plants you somewhere. Right now, he's planted you right here. This morning, he has planted you right here. We can at least say that. And maybe this Clear Lake Bay Area might not be a permanent plant for you, but right now, he's planted you here. And there is no better place to serve God than right where he has planted you now. Yeah, this morning, uh, Steve Hester just kind of gave some history of Hope Church, and you saw those, those old photos of when it was just land, raw land, and, you know, the, those early signs. And God has planted Hope Church right here. Years ago, he told Roger DeYoung, the, the previous and founding pastor of Hope Church, Back in the 1980s, he said, I want you to go down to Clear Lake and start a church there. Hope Church. I want you to go plant a church whose purpose is to give hope to people. One day, he told you, I want you to go check out Hope Church. (laughs) Might have been years ago. Maybe it was this Sunday. (laughs) I want you to go check out Hope Church. Maybe he told you that today. God has planted you where you are right now, and God wants to use you to be a blessing to this area. He has planted Hope Church right here, and he wants to use you. He wants to use this church to be a blessing to this community. Now, that's not a very controversial thought, I don't think. It may come a little inspiring, hopefully, to you this morning. But I want us to... um, I want us to really think about how radical the implications of this are. Uh, So, question, broad question for you this morning. Don't make it into rocket science. Question is this. What is your life all about? You know, most people would say, well, uh, I think it's just to, you know, to be a good family person, be a good neighbor, follow God, you know, um, do my best. Worship God, and all that's good. That is good stuff. I want to focus a little bit more on what your life is all about. Why is it that God calls you to be a blessing? Why is it that God calls you to be a good neighbor, to love your neighbor as yourself, Um, to be a good family person? Why is it? To help others out. Why? Uh, There's a core reason, and I want to look to Psalm 72 to see this core reason. Uh, Psalm 72, verse 17. The psalmist says this, May his, may the Lord's name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. Then all nations will be blessed through him. And they will call him blessed. Where where do you think he got that thought of all nations being blessed? 
Genesis chapter 12. It's talking about being a blessing to all nations. Praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. Why? May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The purpose of blessing is that God would be known and praised everywhere, that his glory would be seen throughout the whole earth, that every square mile would be filled with the glory of God. That's why you're called to be a blessing. That right here in the Clear Lake Bay Area, that this area would be filled with the glory of God. And that if we were to erect a, I don't know how long tall that, it looks like 50 feet, if we were to go out and stand on the top of, of the, 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 the church here and just look at all the rooftops, the, the, the miles and miles around Hope Church, that, that every little neighborhood and yard and household would be, be filled with the glory of God and God would be worshipped and praised. That's why you're called to be a blessing. Your purpose is to help shine God in this world and to make him known because that is what really counts because our lives here, our stuff, it's only going to last so long and God is eternal and God has promised eternal life to us when we follow him through Jesus Christ. He's our hope. And that's what Hope Church is about, helping people know the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now I want to share this phrase I just feel strongly about this phrase. and It's just a phrase, nothing more, but I just want to share, with, share it with you this morning about Hope Church. And it's this, Hope Church, being in the community for the community. That's what I want Hope Church to be known for. We're in this community. God has planted us in this Bay Area. We're just an awesome neighborhood church. And we are committed to being for the community, being a blessing for this community that God has put us in. Now, here's what that looks like, in it, for example. Um, I want to share you about this ex- event I'm really excited about. Thursday evening, July 18th, that's a couple of Thursdays from now, Hope Church is leading an art event called Created to Create right across the street on Highway 3 at the apartment complexes over there. Um, the apartment management said they would love for Hope Church to come over there and reach out to the kids in the apartment complex and use this art outreach event to do that. And we need people just to go over there. You don't have to be a trained artist. We've already planned the art project and got that all lined up. The kids there just need a few older folks, like older than the age of seven, um, to come over and help lead them in this this art outreach. So if you want to be a part of Created to Create, this outreach event, 6.30, July 18th. It's a Thursday evening. Uh, Nina is going to be outside in the lobby. And you just, she has got a big table set up out there. And she will give you more information on how you can be a part of that. You can see her after the worship service today. I'm just excited about that event. That is Hope Church being in the community, but for the community, isn't it? This is one of the reasons why we want to move ahead with this electronic sign, by the way. You know, it's, just, it's just a sign. It's just a tool. But it's going to be a massive tool to get the word out that we love Clear Lake, that we love the Bay Area, that we want to bless 
our neighborhood. And we'll be able to promote God's ministry here and show we are here for the community. Um, the youth just got back from a, a teen camp and they had an amazing time. Wouldn't it be great to be able to represent that on a church sign? Talk about our student ministry here at Hope so people will know about it. Wouldn't it be great if we were able to promote the kids' ministry, the stomp camp that's coming, the, the stomp event? Wouldn't it be great to promote our worship ministry here on Sunday mornings to everyone driving down Pine Lock, to promote small groups and our gym facility for sporting events and potlucks and financial peace university classes and marriage nights and vacation Bible school coming up? Wouldn't it be great to be able to promote that to everyone just driving down Pine Lock and seeing it on Highway 3-2 as they turn down Pine Lock. Man, let's just commit to being a church in the community for the community. Let's be a blessing. It's important, I think, for us to notice what Abram does when God leads him finally to this, this new land of his. Um, what what did Abram do? He went about planting altars. Did you read that? The end? Verse 6, 7, 8. He went around building up these altars, Abram did. And I, why did he do that? I think he needed to do that. I think he had left just everything. He had left, he had left Ur, which was a very wealthy uh, place on the globe at that time, the Mesopotamia area. Just a wealthy place. Left people he, his friends, people he was comfortable with, left possessions behind, family behind. And I think Abram needed to do that. He needed to plant these altars where he could be one-on-one with the Lord and recommit his heart to him. He needed, needed that one-on-one time with the Lord to be reminded about what his life was about. It wasn't about holding tightly to the temporary, about holding lightly to the temporary. So he built these altars so he could be reminded that he has a real home that's coming, a real city, a real eternal city that God's bringing in the future. And Abram was being called just to shine God's grace and blessings and glory in that temporary area just to prepare people for what God has coming down the road. The eternal city that we have because, because, because Jesus, he was willing in a much more profound way than Abram. He was willing to leave his home, his eternal home with God the Father in heaven and come all the way down to this distant land here on earth. And he was willing to be obedient to God, just like Abram. Willing to be obedient, except all the way to death on the cross. For you. For you. And because of that, God made a name for him. A name that is above all names, that every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. As we prepare for communion, I invite you to build an altar right now, in your heart, to be one-on-one with the Lord.
recommit your heart to Him and His purposes for you. Maybe this morning, maybe it's committing your heart to Him for the very first time. And you can do that. And God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will invite you in. Will you pray with me? Lord, we love you. We need you. We pray that you would meet with each and every one of us as we get ready to share a meal with you, a communion meal with you, our Savior. We pray that you prepare our hearts, that you would remind us of your great calling to follow you, to live with you, and to share your amazing blessing of Jesus Christ with everyone, with everyone around us. Lord, as we meet, help us to know how deeply you love us, that you died for us. We pray this all in Jesus' name.